Super Bowl edition. Mm-hmm. Take your pick. Park, it's been a little bit. How yep. you? I'm doing great, Coop. You know, just doing me, living life. How about you? Uh, hopefully not losing to you guys again. <laughs> yeah, that was – I mean, hey, that was a good game to watch, at least from my end, but – you guys got a chance on Sunday. Bounce yeah, back. No, so. exactly. We'll we'll get to that later. But the Super Bowl, obviously, biggest sporting event in the world. This Sunday. Yep. Chiefs, Bucks, Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. And uh we're just gonna get right into it. Um I feel like the number one headline that everybody talks about right now is Tom Brady playing in his tenth Super Bowl. Uh mm-hmm. the guy just makes headlines every single time. He always wins. Um, yeah, that's just what I want to start off with. You, you can't doubt Tom Brady. Even when he signed with the Bucks, I mean, I thought it was going to take a while for them to adjust, but deep down, I feel like everyone kind of knew Tom Brady in a new setting still has good coach, good weapons. I mean, it's hard to see them losing in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I was listening to Pardon My Take this morning, and they said that this is the ultimate, like, you're going to feel dumb no matter which way you would bet on this Super Bowl because if you bet on Tom Brady and they lose, say, oh, I shouldn't be betting against Patrick Mahomes. And you can say the <laughs> same thing about betting on Patrick Mahomes. Oh, but why would I bet against Tom Brady? So exactly. no, matter, no matter what, you're just in a lose-lose situation if you're wanting to bet on this game. That's why, like, I think out of the most recent Super Bowls that I've watched, I think this is the the one that I'm going into the most with – with uncertainty. I like, I really don't know who's going to come out on top on this one. My gut feeling is the chiefs, but then again, I can't sleep on Tom Brady in the playoffs and in the super bowl. You know, he's not going to get blown out. It's going to be a good game. I completely agree. There's a lot of, it's weird because the spread was closer last year. The chiefs were only favored by one and a half against the 49ers, but that's crazy. I know it was, I thought they were light years better than the 49ers last year. Maybe it was because of the 49ers defense that they had, but I seeing the Chiefs at three and a half, knowing that the Bucs, I feel like, are going to put up a better matchup than the Niners did last year is really weird. I don't know how to say about it. Yeah. Even when the 49ers had a big lead, I was still like, I don't know. That's just from last year. But, uh, yeah, lots of question marks, I feel like. Yeah, I think um... – Besides, you know, the Mahomes and uh, Brady rivalry, there's a lot of of other extra pieces that, you know, we're looking at them in terms of like, okay, now it's legacy building. We're looking here at like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Like how good are these guys actually versus like, are they just system receivers that play with Mahomes? I think two, if one of them were to have a breakout game, say maybe take a Super Bowl MVP away from Mahomes, that could be, you know, life altering. And then same thing for Tom Brady. People say he's the GOAT already. I think he's the GOAT. But if he wins another Super Bowl on a new team, this time going through the NFC, going through Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, it's it's hard to argue against that. Yeah. Um, some people are saying that if Mahomes loses this Super Bowl, he has no chance to ever be considered the greatest of all time, even with how young he is exactly. and the accomplishments that he could still have waiting for him. I went two against Brady if he did lose in the playoffs. true. Exactly. And that's just like something that you don't want to have on your record, even mm-hmm. if you go out and win more Super Bowls after a Brady retirement, which we don't know when that's going to happen. Brady said he wants to play until he's 
over 45, and I still think he could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not slowing down. But then if, if Mahomes were to lose, that'd just be embarrassing because then you got guys like Eli Manning who are 2-0 against Tom Brady. So I guess by uh, carrying the one, I think Eli Manning would be better than Mahomes in, in terms of all time. <laughs> Not only distributed property, you know. Even Andy Reid, though. This is Andy Reid's second time going up against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Andy Reid's ever beaten Tom Brady in the playoffs either. No. Um, they lost to him in the Super Bowl back in, I think, 2006, 2005. With the um, Eagles? Yeah, with the Eagles and McNabb and T.O. and – that whole debacle that those two had. And then <laughs> yeah, they lost, club. yeah, and then they lost uh in the AFC championship game in 2019, uh 2018-2019 season that uh ended up being the Patriots Rams Super Bowl. So I think those are the only two times that they've gone up against each other in the playoffs. But there's a lot of things like you can't you gotta be able to beat Tom Brady to uh kind of just get that off your back. Exactly. And on the other side too, Bruce Arians is in his first Super Bowl after having a pretty good career. This is finally the big stage that he's trying to get to, and he's going up against an all-time coach like Andy Reid. I think it's going to be a battle of the two masterminds, you know, offensively, defensively. It's like it's going to be a, a chess game, um, and that's why I'm so excited. I think it's going to be, out of all the couple Super Bowls we've seen the past couple of years, one of the best played in terms of quality, and I think most exciting too. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not expecting it to be, like, a shootout. I'm also not expecting it to be low scoring. I, exactly. you, you see the score of last game. They played each other week 12 in Tampa also, and the Chiefs won 27-24. And I would not be shocked if that was the exact same result, seeing the exact same score be that number. Yeah. Super Bowls, I mean, they're not always – they're typically not shootouts. I mean, defenses usually come to play in the Super Bowl – Last year was probably one of the higher scoring Super Bowls I've seen, but uh, you yeah, know, usually I mean, defense wins championships, and that's we've seen that in the Super Bowl. Last year, uh, I mean, I think the highest scoring Super Bowl of all time was, I think it was either the last one that the Buccaneers played in, which was forty-eight twenty-four against the Raiders in two thousand two, or I, I took a sporkle quiz on Super Bowl games today, so I know the score. There you go. You pass. Um, the Patriots-Eagles game, that was 41-33, uh, Eagles winning that game. So you've seen – it's just not common, but those are two that came off the top of my head. Um, I Wait, you said, you said Patriots-Eagles? Uh, the, the second one with Nick Foles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, those were two high-scoring games. I just don't see that out of this team because, I mean, there's – Solid players on defense for the Bucs, especially. Yeah. But the Chiefs did pretty well against the Bills' uh, offense in the AFC Championship game. I know they were the worst defense in terms of yards per game this regular season. But I don't know. I expect something different. Yeah, they, um, they did a really good job slowing down the Packers' offense and Aaron Rodgers. And we thought he was, you know, untouchable pretty much throughout the whole season. And – for as invincible as Mahomes has seemed all last year and pretty much this year, he hasn't been putting up the gaudy numbers that we that we've seen him put up last year. And so, you know, you're looking at the Bucks defense and they've already gone through all time greats and Rodgers in his MVP year. Drew Brees, I mean, he can't really throw the ball further than 20 yards down the field, but I mean he can still he can still win games. You know, they've seen it all. I don't think they're gonna be surprised by Mahomes. Like you said, they've already seen him in the regular season. 
Um, that's why I'm thinking they're going to have a really good game plan and they're going to come prepared for that offense. Yeah, I feel like <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, we mentioned this before. I just would not be surprised at any of the results that come out of this game. Uh, it's going to be a storybook ending no matter what happens because it's either, you know, Tom Brady winning seven Super Bowls, which is just absurd, or Mahomes winning his second in a row, possibly winning another Super Bowl MVP and kind of setting themselves up for a dynasty talk. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's important to note, too, besides the, uh, you know, the winter sports that got canceled last year, this is the first championship of the full COVID season, you know, a full season of dealing with COVID issues and stuff. And for all this stuff that's happened this year in the NFL, I mean, it doesn't get any better than Brady Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I feel like this is a pretty good reward through having to deal through all the bullshit this year in the NFL. You yeah, know. 100%. Um, especially watching games with no fans is very funny. <laughs> it was tough. You, you understand why, because you can't just pack everybody into a stadium. Exactly. But Tampa will have, I think it's 2,000 people in the stands and 7,500 of them are vaccinated first, uh, first responders. So there we go. There's a reward in all aspects of this Super Bowl, whether it be the fans watching a full season and somehow we still got a full season or the people. You think um, Tampa Bay playing in their home stadium is going to give them some type of advantage Um, now that there's actual fans at the game. So that was something I saw. I mean, I don't really know because it's not going to be a full house and the NFL turned down the option. I don't know if you saw this, but there was an opportunity where they could still use that cannon that they have in the little pirate ship in the one of the end zones <laughs> after each touchdown. But uh, the NFL turned it down because they feel like that could have given them a, a little bit of a <sighs> advantage feel. Yeah, no fun league. Not surprised. Uh, damn it, Goodell. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was another thing I was going to mention? Because um, I don't want to get into the pro- – I feel like there's one more thing I want to mention before we get into the props. So I definitely want to look at some of those. Um, but I'm drawing a blank. How about the halftime show, huh? Yeah. Your boy, The weekend. My One of my favorite artists of all time, The weekend is performing. Yeah. Uh, he put it, He put $7 million of his own money into the show. Wow. So uh, if it's bad, I will be heavily disappointed. He, uh, I saw he – I saw something on Twitter. He was trending, and he's his quote was that he's going to keep his halftime performance G rated, so we don't have to worry about you know some type of wardrobe malfunction like a, a Timberlake Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Well, <clears throat> I I look at Odds Shark every year when I look at like the prop bets and stuff, and they make odds on whether or not there will be a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> There's legitimate odds on. I don't know where you could place the bet, but I don't think it's happened since that that incident. No, but uh, I was taking a law class last year, and we literally looked at that whole case, uh, the Janet Jackson Super Bowl commercial. This is funny. Yeah, no, they didn't they make a Super Bowl commercial like making fun of it. Yeah, I mean they probably made Super Bowl commercials for everything, but also this year, speaking of Super Bowl commercials, um, no Budweiser commercial. Yeah, you're not going to get the horse that, this year. I'm that hits point. deep. That's usually the, the one that, that gets me in the fields the most. That's yeah. top five every year. 
it's the same story though. The horse runs away yeah. and then like it finds its home or something like yeah. that. It's like Budweiser. Never gets old, you know. <laughs> you can always sip a cold one and just like gets you in the mood. Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, other commercials that we'll see this year. Usually Doritos has something. Doritos, GoDaddy. GoDaddy, but GoDaddy's completely kind of falling off. It, back in the old days, it used to be GoDaddy and like E-Trade, the E-Trade baby commercials. Okay, the E-Trade baby was awesome. Those were Super Bowl staples, baby. <laughs> yeah, but GoDaddy, like when I was younger, I legitimately thought it was like an adult-rated website. No. Oh, yeah. It's not even close <laughs> to that. <laughs> you make your own website through GoDaddy. Nobody knew that. I, I think one, the biggest GoDaddy commercial that stands out in my head is the one where it's just the model and the guy with glasses just making out for like 10 seconds. And I was sitting there in, in a living room with a bunch of adults just watching the Super Bowl with my parents right there. That pops up in a Super Bowl commercial. And I'm looking around like, what is going on? <laughs> I thought I was watching some yeah, football. Did they have to like shield your eyes? Like, no, you can't no, see I mean, it. It's always that like awkward when you're watching a movie or TV show with your parents and there's like awkward sex scene. And that's how I felt from a GoDaddy Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, no, that's just so. weird. I, nobody actually <laughs> maybe good if you don't see one. Yeah, and then ever since they let go of Danica Patrick, um, they've just yeah. gone full blown like, oh, start your business through making a website on GoDaddy, and it's like a completely simplistic, like looking logo. Now it doesn't look like that guy that had like the cartoon guy that had the spiky hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, they That's don't the, have that anymore. It's the Aaron Rodgers effect. Once <laughs> yeah. you started dating Aaron Rodgers, just everything went downhill. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I say we get into the props that we uh, can look at. I don't know if you've looked at any of those odds. I haven't looked at any of them. No. Nope. All right. Um, so basically, we can talk. Let's just talk about the spread first. Um, Chiefs. Wait, well, yeah, I have a question for you, real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to be also covering props that have nothing related to football yeah we can cover this oh yeah of course let's go yeah my right. favorite yeah no exactly <laughs> um let's just start off with the spread right now um chiefs are minus three i think some websites have a three and a half over under is 55 and a half on FanDuel. that's what i'm looking at it right now uh some have it at 56 uh i don't know how much it's going to change closer to game time but uh we talked about this earlier i actually it's really unpredictable can't really mm-hmm. think of it. Um, you said f- spread was fifty-five. That's the over over under. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing. You got two all-time quarterbacks coming in a hot offense, but like I said, like we talked about earlier, defense usually shows up in Super Bowls. There's not. Really, it, you said the highest score was like forty-nine thirty-three. It was. Uh, yeah, the Patriots Eagles second one um, a few years back. Yeah, I mean, I think the safe play would be to bet the over just because of, uh, you know, the Chiefs offense can, you know, wake up in a, in a quarter and score four touchdowns. So, yeah. Well, that actually, would be the safe bet. I'm actually really liking the under, though, because I, I mentioned earlier how I really like how the defenses have been playing. But <laughs> I know I'm talking about defenses, too, and then I say take the over. <laughs> you always want to. I mean, that's yeah. always something it's, that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing whenever props get brought up, a lot of people, at least for this Super Bowl, have been talking about Travis Kelsey and the year he's having to. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the favorite to be the first touchdown score at plus 600. He's minus 165 to be an anytime touchdown score. Um, his over under and receiving yards is 98 and a half. And uh, 
I want to find what his receptions one is, but he, uh, if there's one guy that I think could take away the MVP from Patrick Mahomes, if the chiefs win, obviously it'd be him for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think I can definitely see Kelsey is obviously going to make plays and make catches. The chiefs love to drive down the field. And once they get to the goal line, they like to get creative and do a bunch of movement in the backfield and do those little flips to Kelsey coming across the line. And I can definitely see him scoring a touchdown on one of those. I wish there was a, a bet for that because I throw one on that, but I, I agree. I think that'd be, I like the Kelsey first touchdown. Mm-hmm. The chiefs are, if they get the ball, they want going to want to come out and set the tone. Yeah. Um, another, another thing about the game that they played earlier this year, um, Tyreek Hill had like 200 receiving yards in like the first quarter. Oh yeah. He, he, I he do remember top. watching that. Yeah. So that's one thing to keep an eye on too. Maybe they don't know how to guard them. Um, there was another thing I was going to mention. Um, oh yeah. So Antonio Brown is questionable for the bucks. So one bet I took or I want to take is Scotty Miller. Anytime touchdown score. At oh yeah. Plus three ninety. Um, I That's really a good value pick. 100%. Um, he's most likely going to be their third guy. If, um, if Antonio Brown's out, which would suck for Antonio Brown, even though he he's gotten as lucky as any human being I've ever seen, <laughs> lose his mind. Plenty of chances, yeah. He's like, and then Tom Brady's like, "Here, I'll take you in to take care of him." And now he's in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, uh, my friend's a Steelers fan, and he was he was trying to decide who he wanted to root for because uh, he's got Antonio Brown and Le'Veon on both sides, so it's kind of hurts him there. Whoever wins. Yeah. Um, I think Le'Veon Bell's also on the injury report, though. Uh, these Steelers players, man. Yeah, wow. How so? <laughs> Terrible. Mike um, didn't teach them well. But, yeah, I like the Scotty Miller pick. First off, shout-out Scotty Miller. Shout-out our boy Luke Westerman. I'm pretty sure he's going to the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, I think he's going to Tampa. I don't know if he's going to be at the stadium. but Well, that's going to be sick. Hope he has a good time. Uh, Scotty Miller, if, if anybody watches Tom Brady play in the Super Bowl, because I feel like half my life I watched the Tom Brady Super Bowl game, there's one constant, and it's always the little small white receiver running across the middle of the field, always making these 10 to 15 yard catches. Tom Brady loves his slot receivers. It was Wes Welker and it was Julian Edelman. Scotty Miller hasn't been up to that level yet, but he stayed under the radar, and we saw it against the Packers at the end of the half that wheel route on the side. I think he's going to be a dangerous weapon this game, and Tom Brady is going to look to use him more this game than I think he has in the past. Yeah. Just from my past history watching Brady. Yeah, and I to mention a couple other things. um, He made a huge play against the Saints, too, uh, in the fourth quarter. It was like a 29-yard reception. Um, Wasn't even a touchdown, but it was still a good play. And, yeah, I mean, he basically won – People forget Julian Edelman won the Super Bowl MVP the year that they beat the Rams two years ago. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people would have assumed that Tom Brady won it, but no, Julian Edelman did without scoring a touchdown. That Super Bowl was boring to watch. It was garbage. I mean, football purists like it. I didn't like it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Let's get into some of the outside of football ones. Um, We just mentioned a few props there, but – Oh, one last one. I'm taking the Chiefs to call the first time out of the game. 
You skull. You know what? I'm gonna go on the other side. I think the Bucks are gonna call the first time out of the game. All right, cool. Arians, Arians in his first man. Super Bowl is gonna be rattled. <laughs> oh, and take take the coin toss. You got to bet on it somewhere. It's the most. I have a video. Um, I'll send it to anybody who ever wants it. Uh, we were at a bar last year watching the game, and nice. the entire place took tails. And the place erupted because Tails was the coin toss. And it was never fails, baby. Things I've ever seen. (laughs) The place went nuts. All right. So I'm going to pull up these odds here for the um, Super Bowl. I think it's like outside of the halftime show or like the halftime show, national anthem. Um, I want to see if there's any commercial ones, but I don't know if there will be. So here we go. Yeah. Well, it's it's in Tampa. So you got to account for the. The water effects and uh, calculate the wind. You know, the head side is heavier. So <laughs> I think I, I might be leaning towards heads. I don't know. All right. So to start it off, we got the national anthem. This is always right around uh, a two-minute anthem. Who's singing it, by the way? It's a duet between Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. Uh, one of them's a Eric Church is a country singer. Jasmine Sullivan, I honestly have never heard of her. I don't know who that is. <laughs> so apologies to any Jasmine Sullivan fans out there. Sorry. Um, over under is one minute, 59, 59 seconds. Wow. So, they can have made two. I'm taking the over in it. Because oh, yeah. That's a given over. This is why. So you look at the anthem singers over the past few years. So the number is deep analysis right, right here. Oh, this is, this is shout, expert analysis. Shout out to Oxstark.com. Shout out to com <laughs> because they have everything. It's crazy. They have actual odds for this kind of stuff. So <laughs> the past two years, it's been a minute 49 seconds with Gladys Knight from Super Bowl 53 and Demi Lovato in Super Bowl 54. Oh, and uh, Pink went under two minutes in Super Bowl 52. The last country singer that sang the anthem was Luke Bryan. That was also the last anthem singer to go over two minutes. So if you want to follow the trend, <laughs> I would take the over, take it over to over a minute 59. I would take the over just because I think everything in the Super Bowl is a spectacle and they just like to drag it out like the halftime show. Yeah. Um, but the, you have a, you have a better analysis. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Um, here's a lot of different uh, anthem uh, bets. This is the most absurd one I've seen. <laughs> Will it, this is literally can't a even say it. Will Jasmine Sullivan show cleavage during the U.S. National Anthem? I mean, are you kidding me? Is it just like a yes or no? Yes or no. Yes is minus 165. (laughs) Wow. I don't know who this Jasmine person is, but yeah, Um, I would bet against it. Yeah. All right. First coach to be shown during the anthem, Andy Reid's a slight favorite at minus 130. Oh, yeah. You can bet on which players. He's bigger. He's bigger, too. Yeah. Big rep. Yeah. Um, will any player take a knee during the national anthem? The odds are yes at plus 600. Plus 600. I'm surprised by that. I think that would be a good value pick. Yeah. I mean, obviously I don't think with like the, the mainstream sports books, like FanDuel, DraftKings and uh, points bet and things like that. I don't think they have these. That'd be kind of weird to end up like going to a casino. Like, yeah, I'm going to take a guy to kneel during the national anthem. Plus, yeah. that'd be a weird one. Well, I, I mean, I've seen guys have been doing it all year. So, I mean, if it's their pregame tradition, I don't 
see why they would change it up too. So I know I would be shocked if, yeah, if they've been doing it all year, I would be surprised if they just stopped doing it. Um, let's see. We got, these are exotic game props. So this is like random kind of picks that you can make. The most popular one though, is the Gatorade shower. This is one for after the game. Oh, yep. this Last is year, there is a picture. It was orange. Um, allegedly, this is Patrick Mahomes' favorite flavor of Gatorade. Allegedly. Is orange? Yeah, and that was the one last year. So First off, I, the first thing I have to say to that is Mahomes just has absolutely no palate. Everyone knows blue is the best Gatorade flavor. Um, and you said orange was it last year, right? Yes. And as much as the – if the Chiefs were to win, if they had orange Gatorade – I feel like they would be kind of jinxing themselves going with the same color. I feel like – doesn't the color change usually every year anyways? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I think the odds of it being the same color are low, despite the Mahomes rumors. Yeah. Um, here's some more random picks, though. Um, no, my pick was red because I always look at – both teams, if they have the same color, uh, take it based on that. A little psychology in there, yeah. I see. Yeah. Um, will a fan run onto the field during the game at plus 700? Um, unlikely. There's not no. a lot of fans. So uh, that one's worthless. This is a weird one. What will happen to the price of Bitcoin during the Super Bowl? <laughs> that means there's got to be a Bitcoin commercial, right? There's got to be something coming. No, who would make a Bitcoin commercial in general? For people that are going to buy Bitcoin after they see the Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> um, so, yeah, price going up is at minus 150 as a favorite. So that means that Bitcoin will forever be going up. Um, what other things you got? How many times will chains be used as a measurement? Over one and a half times at plus 130. You know, I think uh, that's one thing that's been going down recently in recent years just because they have cameras all over the place now mm -hmm. it's uh it's pretty easy to decide every time they bring out the chains too usually everybody watching that game knows what the call is going to be it's just a waste of time yeah no exactly um you can bet on how so nfl is making history they have the first female referee in the game she's a side judge i believe mm -hmm. uh, you can bet on how her hair will be done down in a ponytail or up in the hat. That's just that's tough. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't even know how to bet on that. I've never had experience betting in that realm. Same. Uh, <laughs> you can bet on what Andy Reid's mask design will be. Um, there's some other coin toss ones. You can bet on what color hat of Bruce Arians will, uh, he'll be wearing. Um, color of Mahomes' headband. It's crazy. It's um, all colors. Yeah. It's <laughs> nuts. All right. Let's go into some halftime show props and then we'll wrap it up by giving a score prediction before we get into some other things. Yep. Um, I can, I'm very confident in this one. Um, the favorite to be the first song played for the Super Bowl for the weekend is Starboy, which is probably his most popular song that he's had. Um, but Blinding Lights, which is the most popular song he has right now, is plus That's 100. That's what I would say he'd play. 
It's 100%. So I've seen him live twice. I mentioned this in my prop bet blog that I put out earlier this week. Um, I've seen him twice live. And each time he performed, the most popular song he had out at the moment was the song that opened up. So if you want good value, plus 400 for Blinding Lights is a very... <laughs> so very following good. the patterns. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'll just keep doing that. Coop's a big... Uh, when it comes to the artist performing, you look at the patterns of their of past performances. It goes very in-depth. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like to analyze well, this is, again, I'm going to shout out Oddshark because they have all of this information, but that was based off my knowledge. Yeah. Seeing him live twice. I, I mean, off the top of my head, I thought Blinding Lights just because that was the most recent song that got really popular. So, yeah. And what confuses me is that uh, Blinding Lights is the overwhelming favorite to close the show at minus 240. Hmm. To me, it makes no sense, but yeah. maybe they know something that I don't. Um, you can bet on if the weekend will mention Joe Biden or Donald Trump during the halftime show. Nah, uh, not a chance. Not nah. a chance. Um, and then you can mention bet on if he's going to mention Canada or if a football will be used as a prop. Again, I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> from Toronto, so that's like one thing that is like a possibility. You've seen the weekend. Does he use props? I th- I mean, he's a dancer too, right? So it's just mostly uh, a choreographed dance. Not really. I mean, he's just been wearing the same red suit for the last year and a half. My question is: Is his face back to normal, or is it? Does yes, he that is back to normal. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he had a press conference at the Super Bowl earlier this week, and his face is normal. Okay, I was a little concerned after seeing that picture on Twitter. No, it's crazy. Um, all right, we're gonna finish this off. We're gonna do a game prediction, score prediction. Um, just what do you think? What what have we got here? So my take here, uh, you said set the line at fifty five. So my original take was thirty five, thirty two, mm-hmm. but then I realized that's fifty five, and I told the people over. So I'm going to bump it up to thirty five, thirty eight. Nope, that's wrong math. I was just going to say, yeah, hold up. Almost caught me lacking there. I'm still going. I'm still going to go – okay, I'm going to go back to my original choice and then 32-35, regardless of the over-under. Um, and I'm going to have the Chiefs coming out on top. I think this is going to be the passing of the torch metaphorically, and I can see Mahomes leading a game-winning drive down the field for a field goal, kind of similar to how Tom Brady's kickstarted his career. Um, and it kind of sense of deja vu. I think that would be really cool to see. Um my pick to win, who I w- would want to win, is the Bucks. Not really for Tom Brady, more for Scotty Miller, more for A.B., Mike Evans, all those boys. And the Chiefs just got one, so they don't need one. I, don't know one. I gotcha. Um, my prediction is the score will be under the total, so I've got it under 55 and a half. Um, I've got it one point away from the exact same score of week 12, I've got 27, 23 chiefs. So they were going to cover the number barely and they're going to win and they're going to go under the total. Um, like you just said, passing the torch is exactly the way I look at it too. Um, one dominant player to another. I think that's just kind of what it's going to be. Um, Mahomes will, he's already basically the face of the NFL, but I think if he wins this one, which I think he will, um, it'll just solidify it even more. Yep. I think uh, one last thing on that. For the Bucks' best chance to win, 
Tom Brady's going to do his thing. I think if their running game is, you know, dominating the Chiefs, then they'll have the best chance. They'll control the ball, control the time. I can see Leonard Fournette or um, uh, I'm blanking. Jones. Yeah, I can see both of them, you know, having a pretty good game. So we'll see. Yeah, I uh, close it off. I really like Leonard Fournette anytime touchdown score at plus 125. So, good yeah, that's the last <laughs> thing I'm going to mention. Um, so, yeah, that's all for Super Bowl that we got. Um, we got to talk Big Ten basketball. Um, first off, we had uh, an Iowa-Indiana matchup in the gap of our episodes, and Indiana kind of whooped us. Kind of. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> so uh, I did talk a lot of smack to Parker beforehand. I'm like, hey, I woke up. I'm like, oh, we're going to whoop the shit out of Indiana. Yep. And um, didn't end up being the case. Yeah, you got humbled a little bit. Oh, yeah, no. I wasn't talking. I wasn't saying anything either. I kept my head down, you know, getting ready to work, even though it was a way I was, I was off. But, yeah, well, you're back on this Sunday against Iowa. And um, I don't know. I think Indiana just matches up with us very, very well. We do. I think like Illinois, too, because we match up really well with Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a center that's, you know, a monster in the middle. Like, you guys have Luca and Illinois has Kofi. But our two bigs are a little undersized in Trace and Race, but they work hard to neutralize that. And I think against Luca, you saw Race was, you know, working his ass off the whole game. And then also it was just like a team effort. Uh, you know, guards were always coming in, swiping at the ball. You guys had a terrible shooting night, like one I don't think I'll ever see again. Bohannon was just a no-show. Yeah. But, I mean, I still think – we did kind of expose, you know, areas that I was lacking. I think defensively too, I was not that athletic. They have to hide in their zone. So if a team gets hot, it's going to be hard to stop them. Um, but I'm excited for this Sunday because we're, we're struggling right now. And you guys are, you guys just came off your loss to Ohio state. Yeah. Last night. It was, uh, it was a close game. It was close. I mean, we had a 71 60 lead in the second half and we just blew it. I mean, defensively you you can't you can't keep playing like that uh there's just really no excuse even if ohio state is making everything on the outside i mean i felt like i was looking at the tv and they just were they had another open three and it was like kind of letting them shoot it like we're not really pressuring on the outside that much mm-hmm. um it was frustrating i mean we've lost three of our last four but i don't know i mean we got a chance to kind of make up for it on sunday but it's so a- it is are the, is the team just hitting a rough patch that's not playing well right now, or is Frederick, you know, really that much of an X factor for your team? Because since you guys have started the skid, he's been out. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I mean, looking the history of Fran McCaffrey at Iowa, I mean, you've seen a February little dip in their productive level. I mean, you kind of saw it last year. And Once had, mid middle of Big Ten is always a grind. There's always bound to be bumps along the road. Yeah, I mean, and it's not every single team has it. I mean, Rutgers just had it. I think Minnesota's going through one right now. Um, Wisconsin had a little bit of a, a tough stretch. Illinois did too. So everybody had their little moment except Michigan. Of course, Michigan only has one loss on the entire yeah. season. Well, and they didn't get a chance to because they stopped playing right when they had Big Ten play. Yeah, which is kind of a blessing for them. Yeah, they kind of they kind of cheated their way there. Yeah. Wow, classic Michigan. Their advantage—that's ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're kind of seeing it from everybody, but 
now's the time where you got to, I mean, not every single one of our losses is really bad, I wouldn't say, but they're just winnable games. There's nothing else I can really say. And, that, you know, that's where we're kind of at, too. We're, we're right there at the end of games. We're clo- I, we've had three overtime losses and one overtime win. They've, you know, the losses have been combined probably less than 10 or 15 points. So, you know, we're right there. It's just, you know, finishing out at the end of the games. And that's why I'm excited to see this Sunday with two teams that are struggling and need one desperately, especially after what happened last game, too. I think this is both teams are walking in here kind of like sizing each other up. As, as last time we came in, you guys were clearly the favorite. We were the underdogs. Now it's kind of like they're both looking at each other like who's going to take this one. That's why I'm excited. Yeah. I know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm trying to look at bracketology right now, and I don't know if Indiana is currently in the tournament. But, you know, that's why teams like this are going to be hard to play against. I mean, Maryland's an example, too. They put up good fights. They actually beat Illinois earlier this year. But that's also a team that Iowa was able to dominate. Um, There are other teams out there, like Rutgers is going back to – they had a little bit of a stretch where they were bad but they're starting to pick it up now. They won last night against Minnesota. Um, and I've, I mean, they're really talented. I mean, you just kind of saw that like Ron Harper Jr. is getting really cold. Yep. Um, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of balance and we've been saying it all year, how deep the big 10 is and you're just kind of starting to see it. Yeah. Especially towards the end of the season here. We're, so we're at the last month really. And then the first week, um of March and then we're gonna be right there in tourney time so it's really time to buckle down and you know it's always close to the end of the year when you hit that UNC Duke mark which is tomorrow as we're recording this so Saturday um been a weird year I kind of I guess I'll quickly cover that because I'm a UNC fan but I think UNC should definitely win that game Duke is not good this year UNC is playing well right now better than they did earlier in the season but that's my take real right quick. But that's that's the thing is nobody's really talking about these other teams this year. Everyone's kind of talking about the Big Ten and teams like Gonzaga and Baylor. Yeah, I mean, the ACC is pretty down this year. I mean, their best team is by far Virginia. Um, Florida State's gotten pretty decent. I mean, the two best conferences are by far the Big Ten and the Big 12. And as you mentioned with UNC and Duke tomorrow, I mean, it's an unranked matchup. And Duke, I mean, they've been playing better as of late, but – I don't think it's going to be a not as I'm not that interested in it. It's not the typical UNC Duke that's been built up, you know, the whole season that we've seen the past couple of years, which is a weird, a weird thing. And only in this time too, you know, during a pandemic, only this year would UNC Duke be playing each other unranked and Kentucky's unranked and struggling. Yeah. And Michigan state's second worst in the big 10. Yeah. Only ahead of Nebraska. Um, You see, I mean, yeah, Kentucky's like six and eleven right now. I think is the record, and like Kansas is the best team out of the Blue Bloods, and they're like barely ranked. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. You know, I'm just hoping. You know, this year for all the stuff that's happened, all the COVID issues, I'm just hoping we finally got through. You know, like the toughest part of the season, the the bulk, the meaty stretch. This was usually around the time last year where we were getting into the tourney season and, you know, things started to pick up with COVID. Everything got canceled. So I'm hoping around this time this year, you know, I'm praying we're having no issues, no COVID, you know, 
struggles that, that set teams back. Hopefully everyone can play because I just want to watch good basketball, which it's it's been pretty good this year, especially in the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, before we close it off, I want to get one last question. Give me one college basketball team that you think could be a dark horse to make the Final Four. And they can be ranked, they can be unranked, just something that's something that's caught your eye. Um, okay. So you say dark horse as in who are the favorites right now? Obviously Gonzaga Butler, but like who else would be in that discussion? I think you can put Michigan in that discussion. Um Houston. I mean, Houston did just come off a loss against ECU, but I don't know, maybe. It could be a top 10 team. It could be outside of the top 10. Just like a team that's kind of – maybe I worded it too weird because like Dark Horse is, is – it's just really balanced this year. They can come out of nowhere. Yeah, well, exactly. That, that's a tough question. But if you're talking about Dark Horse, I have to think about somebody from the Big Ten because I think someone's going to sleep on a team in the middle of the Big Ten and not really understand how good they are. So as much as I would love to say Indiana might be a Dark Horse, which we are, <laughs> um, when we get in the tournament. Uh, I'm looking at some of the teams in the middle of Big Ten, and, you know, like teams like you mentioned, it's crazy to say as far as Rutgers might go, I could see a, a Rutgers making a run. I could see, uh, you know, who else is playing well right now in the Big Ten. I mean, obviously Ohio State's at the top, but like someone like Purdue, you know, they got they got weapons on the outside. I think if someone, if there's going to be some team to make it a dark horse run, it's got to be a Big Ten team. No, I got you for sure. Um, it's hard to disagree with that. I mean, just because of how good the conference is. Um, yeah, I, if I had to make an early Final Four prediction, I really think that Ohio State's a Final Four team. Uh, that's just they're undersized, but they they're just really well coached by Chris Holtman, and they just have there's good. I don't know in general. Um, if I had to go with like a lower ranked team that could make a run. Um, I mean, Rutgers would be up there for me. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people say that Loyola Chicago is better than their 11 seed final four on this. I year. have seen that too. And it's yeah. their defense now. Yeah. It's weird. It's uh, oh, what's their name? Porter Moser, I think is still the head coach there. Yep. And I looked at some Ken Palm national player of the year rankings and, uh, their big guy, um, Crutwig. Cole Crutwig. Cameron Crutwig. Cameron Crutwig. Yeah. Uh, he's like in the top 10 of that. Yeah. <laughs> I he's mean, been a beast since his freshman year. Yeah. Um, so there's a team. I mean, Sister Jean, I think she's still alive. Um, <laughs> she might, Sister Jean. I mean, we're going to see her back in Indianapolis, which I think would be a, another funny story. Yep. Um, another cool story out of the Missouri Valley, um, the Drake Bulldogs. They yeah. are undefeated right now. Shout out, Drake. Shout out to Drake. I mean, Des Moines, Iowa. Um, arguably, I mean, usually you see Iowa State as like the dominant basketball school in college right now. And then Northern Iowa is usually a pretty sneaky good team out of that conference. Yeah. And this, year, a good run. And this year it's Iowa being the, the best team in the state by far. And Drake is undefeated. It's really weird. <laughs> You're just not used to it. Yeah. Weird season. That's that's the pandemic year for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. It's it's fun. And uh, real quick, Coop, before we close it out, since we're recording this on a Friday night and uh, we both love Barcelona sports, who are you taking tonight in the fight, Jose Canseco or Billy Football? It's going to uh, be 
entertaining. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to watch it, uh, <laughs> but we'll find something. I way. want to see Billy Football win so badly, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Jose Canseco whoops his ass. I want Jose Canseco to knock him out. <laughs> I just think it'd be hilarious. I, I don't think Billy Football is going to take it seriously, which is like, I'm kind of concerned. I'm the exact opposite, dude. Have you watched the videos? The guy's training like a, he's like a psychopath. I know. I just I look at Canseco and I'm like, wow, that's that's steroids. That's the years of steroids right there. I mean, you gotta give <laughs> good credit for actually wanting to fight this guy. I can't wait to watch it though. Are you guys gonna watch it? I'm gonna try to watch it. Yeah. Well, the card starts at eight o'clock your guys' time, so there's gonna be a lot of time until they actually fight. So there's like 20 fights. Oh yeah, I love it. All right. Well, that's our show. Um We'll see you guys. TBD. But we'll see you soon. Yeah, for sure. As he falls back deeper into a state, the return. That's my mind is beating by. I'm holding on. Asking God to help him. Are you hitting me? Girl is telling me she don't know what she want Lot of demons creeping up the living underneath Gotta take a minute, y'all travel far Feeling something, no, I can't ignore my instincts Back just where I started, it's the same old damage song This is shit I need Tryna find it on the right track Oh, wanna be just for the free act mm, Talk to him, he don't speak back mm, Can't lose, I'm in the third act Lord, seeing me swerve Do this to my loved ones I've got some nerve Don't think I'm not sorry Give me now, hey This time I'm ready for it Can't stop this war in me Can't stop this war in me me, me. Give me now, hey This time I'm ready for it This fight, this war in me This fight, this war in me Keep me safe and warm Just me, the universe, and everything I think Got to see this wind on me, it's a storm Never thought I would be back here bleeding I'm not just some sad dude You can see my life, how I grew I want serenity Tryna find it on the right track Oh, wanna be just for the fiat Talk to me, don't speak back mm, Can't lose, I'm in the third act See, it seems I'll never learn I won't stop till I crash and burn Tell my mom I'm sorry Hear me now, hey, this time I'm ready for it Can't stop this war in me, can't stop this war in me Can't stop this war in me, can't stop this war in me, me, me And the story goes, hey, 
This fight, this war in me, this fight, this war in me, me, me.